your comic book pit. Okay. from Comic Book Pit. This is episode 243, and I'm flying solo this time. Just me. The other uh, the other guys could not make it. Hey, life happens. What are you going to do? Um, I haven't done one of these solo in a long time, so I thought, what the heck? I'll give it a shot. See what um, what awkwardness I can bring to the table. You know, recording a podcast solo. Uh, now it's already awkward. Awkward silences. Uh, I should just quit now, but... Nope. Comic book pit never says die. So I'm just going to talk about a couple of... Uh, <clears throat> a couple indie comics that I've read recently and enjoyed. And I thought I'd just pass them along to you. Uh, <clears throat> the first one probably appeals to a pretty wide variety of people uh, because it's got two pretty cool properties from two different companies. This is a crossover between DC Comics and Boom Studios, and this is the Planet of the Apes Green Lantern crossover. And I uh, just read the first issue so far, and just to try it, and it was fun. It, it hits pretty much all the notes you would expect it to hit, the you know you don't have to i don't think you have to be uh, super knowledgeable about either property to really enjoy it just to get the gist i mean it it's pretty straightforward stuff you've got the green lanterns um looking like they do you know the, there's no crazy new 52 uh stuff it's you know you've got the traditional green lanterns hal jordan Kilowog, guy gardner etc there's a little bit of Sinestro in there, and Sinestro right now is kind of the main protagonist. Uh, and there is some uh, something to do with the multicolored ring, like the, the, the different ring, this ring spectrum, and a ring that combines all the colors, which is, I think, what Sinestro is after. But in doing so, and going after it, the, the, it sends inexplicably and maybe unintentionally sends the ring into another dimension and it sends it into the planet of the apes dimension and it kind of crash lands on the planet of the apes earth where it's discovered by Cornelius and you know this I, I believe this is in, 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 on the apes world the this kind of picks up right after the events of the original Planet of the Apes with Taylor and Nova and finding the Statue of Liberty and get your damn hands off of me or damn dirty apes, whatever he says. Um, 
so there's so it, it like I said, it, it kind of picks up right there. You don't have to have watched all the original Planet of the Apes or any of the newer movies. You don't have to know all that your Green Lantern lore to enjoy this. It's just kind of a fun escapist type of book. Um, you know, they the, the the Apes property has been has crossed over a few times with different properties and it's always kind of fun it, you would think it would be kind of a very specific um story or genre that would have to tie in but you know it's basically it's an alternate earth and you can do like an unlimited number of stories with an alternate earth including have you know cosmic policemen visit and retrieve one of their you know one of their weapons so at the end of the story, you know, it pretty much uh, culminates with Cornelius putting the ring on, and you know, he immediately, you know, his he, he is, you know, covered in a, you know, a lantern type of uniform, and I think unless the coloring is a bit off, which it's kind of hard to tell sometimes between orange and red, but it looks like it already has spanned, like, he's already gone from orange, like an orange lantern to a red lantern. So I think this multicolored ring is going to be pretty interesting. So I'm going to keep keep going with it. Um, it was written by Justin Jordan, I believe, and I don't have the artist in front of me. The art was pretty good. There were a lot of variant covers, and the the main cover was by Ethan Van Sciver, which is, you know, he's he's done so much Green Lantern work. I mean, he is almost like kind of the quintessential Green Lantern artist um, of the past, you know, 10, 15 years. So he does a great cover, and there's some other great covers. Um, the artist is, uh, on the interiors, is Barnaby, excuse me, <laughs> Barnaby Bagenda. Not familiar with his work. Um, it's pretty decent. You know, there um, there are a couple spots where it looks a little wonky, and a couple of weird things. Um, it's not really spoiling anything, but you know, towards the end of the story, when um, Hal and Sinestro, you know, they're following Sinestro to get to this the Apes planet to retrieve the ring. They find when they enter the apes world atmosphere or this dimension their their rings don't work i don't know if it's being cut off you know because they're cut off from their home dimension and but for whatever reason the rings don't work so they kind of crash land into a body of water um, you know without the power of the ring they are reduced to wearing like you know it's they're not wearing their uniforms anymore they're wearing whatever clothes or that they were wearing before they powered up. And so Hal's wearing like his, you know, kind of like a flight jacket, t-shirt and jeans. But for some reason, it's like when he gets out of the water, it's like shredded. Like he's all ripped up. His clothes are ripped. I'm like, how does that happen? You landed in water. You, you know, you, you didn't crash land in a plane and surrounded by jagged pieces of metal and you, whatever. It's It was just kind of, it was just a weird decision to make his clothes all ripped. I don't know if they're going for something 
you know, making him look like Taylor with, you know, wearing the, the fur and the loincloth and all that. But, you know, we'll see. So that was fun. Like I said, I, it, it's something you can just pick up and enjoy. So it's one I would recommend. Um, the second book, this was, this was also a fun story called The Deep. Now, I didn't realize it reading it at first, and I'm, and I'm sorry, it's the, the Deep is from Boom Studios, uh, more specifically their Kaboom line, which is their kind of all-ages, um, not ready, not really meant for children, but it's, it's definitely kid-friendly, it's all-ages, uh, their Kaboom line of books. So, uh, written by uh, Tom Taylor and um, James Brower, and Tom Taylor, he's pretty well known for his Marvel and DC stuff. Um, he he writes the uh, DC's Injustice, Gods Among Us, which is great. If you've never read that, just start from the beginning. It's a great kind of alternate DC Earth story. And then he for Marvel, he does the all-new Wolverine, which is the... Um, the X-23 character taking on the mantle of Wolverine after the events of Secret War, I believe. Anyway, so the what I was saying was I, I didn't realize prior to reading this first issue that the Deep actually goes back a number of years. So originally it was published in 2011 by a company called Gestalt Comics, and I, I think it was published as a gra in graphic novel form, not issues. And then in, you know, I guess it did really well, and it was very well received. And it's a story of it. It very much reminds me of The Incredibles in a sense, where it, it's a it's a story of a family. They're called they're. It's it's the the Necton family. You've got the parents William and Keiko, and their kids Fontaine and Aunt, and they're kind of like a multicultural family. And you've got like kind of big bulky dad and mom and um, older sister and little brother. Again, very much kind of like the formula of the Incredibles. Um, no baby, no baby Jack Jack. Um, and they don't have powers, but they are all. Uh, they're called aquanauts. They're kind of like, they're it's like a very much like an under the sea adventure, and they're they go around in this state of the art submarine, and it's kind of it's it's just fun, you know. It's, and and the the art style very much has that animated look, like you know, similar to like I said, uh, an Incredibles or something from Pixar. Um, so the so let's go back. So the, the the first graphic novel of the Deep comes out in 2011. Around uh, sometime in 2015, it's optioned for an original animated series on Netflix. And so far, there's just one season. There is 26 episodes, which is kind of amazing. That seems like you know they they really gave them a lot a lot of time to build an audience with 26 episodes. Um, and then The Deep was reissued in 2017 
from Boom Studios, or, you know, with the, under the Kaboom imprint. So this is technically like the third iteration of this property. It was originally released in 2011, animated series in 2015, re-released in 2017, collab- you know, with a collaboration between Boom and Gestalt. So that's how I came to it, is I, I read the re-release issue from Boom, and once I found out that it was an animated series, I I didn't go back and watch it, but I, I did find it on Netflix, and I watched the first a little bit of the first episode just to see how it compared. And the first episode is basically the first issue of the book. Uh, the the art and animation style are pretty much the exact same. Um, I I don't know a lot about animation, but I can tell you that while it looked good. The the art of it looked good. The animation of it was very stiff. Like it reminded me of a late '90s, early 2000s, or maybe even mid '90s. I don't know. Again, like I said, I'm not I'm not really that knowledgeable about animated uh, features. But the the animated the the animation of this of the first episode was was very stiff and it looks kind of like a really bad video game um but so i i probably will not continue with the series or i'm sorry the animated series i will probably still continue with the 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 boom series though because um it was very charming um a lot of fun. Uh, again, if if you like The Incredibles or you know Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, I don't know Sea Quest, <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever kind of underwater um, exploration type of thing that you enjoy, you you you'll probably enjoy this. And again, it's it's good for kids. It's a good family story. Um, the art is great. Uh, story is well done. Um, all the characters are very compelling. It wasn't like, you know, a typical like, oh, this, you know, this one kid's a jerk and this one kid's a whatever. Um, you know, just, I would, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. So good for Boom and good for Tom Taylor and James Brower uh, for, you know, getting, uh, you know, a third third lease on on this property um like and you know i i don't know how well we received the the animated series was like i said um prior to looking looking at this first re-released issue i had no idea it even existed so i don't know the i didn't look like there was another season of it coming so but still i mean to have a you know, a 26-episode animated series based on a property, that's not too bad. You know, I would take it. Um, so the third and final book that I'm going to talk about is... It's another Boom property, uh, another Boom Studios book called Slam. And this... Uh, I read the first three issues of Slam... I don't know, I, I think it's an ongoing, it didn't feel like it was a, a limited series, but I could be wrong. Slam is about roller derby, and but, but more than that, it's about the girls that 
play this sport or participate in this sport, um, I'm probably the worst person to describe this sport because I know literally nothing about roller derby. I looked it up once a, a while ago. Just I was just curious because you know, roller derby seems to have really picked up in the last couple of years as far as being more of a you know out in our pop, pop culture, part of the zeitgeist. It seems like it's really caught on with a some like you know a lot of the millennials. Um, so I decided to look it up once to try and understand the rules or the point of the game or the and I don't <laughs> and that is not an indication of the sport itself it's an indication of just my lack of understanding it so maybe I need to attend a derby match sometime I don't know but in the meantime I am super happy to read slam um Slam was written by Pamela Rybin, and the artist is Veronica Fish. And it, it's just kind of a nice, um, uh, honest look at the, the, the girls and the women that participate in this sport. About, you know, not just the matches themselves, but what goes into becoming a derby girl. Um, the relationships that form the the politics the internal struggle of these team sports you know how they how they interact with each other both on and off the field rink again i don't know what the, i don't know what their playing field is called um the big circle that they roll around on um but the you know, for this, it's it's not so much the roller derby, but it's the the story, the characterizations, and the art that's going to keep me coming back. And I thought, you know, picking up this first issue, I thought, uh, I'm not going to really understand this. I'm going to be lost, and I'm not going to relate to these characters. But you know, we get to see this through the eyes of... Uh, the the two main characters, who both on you know they didn't know each other going in, but they both, for separate reasons, decided to try out for like there was an open tryout for these roller derby teams, and they both made it, but they were both drafted to different teams, but they're both throughout the course of the first issue become best friends, and it's interesting to watch. <clears throat> you know, their relationship, both as individuals, like, you know, their their lives outside of their teams and their lives with their teams. And just, and and the, it's very real, but also um, not so real that it was a turnoff. It was just, you know, you, you, there were times where you could see yourself in, you know, in some of their, uh, some of their struggles, both with the sport, with their teammates, with their friends, with their lives um, outside of um, of the sport, and you know, I mean, the, there are just a lot of times where just things just are not perfect, and it you could you know there you could really relate to to a lot of it, so. Um, 
you know, slam, I will keep reading until there's no more to read. And I know there's some roller derby in my area. So I might even go see some, you know, try and see some roller derby sometime. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. So that is all I have for this short abbreviated episode of Comic Book Pit. And as always, you can find us on all the social medias. Not, not all, I don't think. We don't really do Tumblr. Never really caught on for us, but we're everywhere else. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So you could find us at any of those. And if you if you listen to us through iTunes, you know, if you have a minute and if you enjoy the show, even if you don't enjoy the show, give us an iTunes review. That helps us um, maybe reach out to, to new people or to more listeners. And, you know, it only takes a couple minutes of your time. So if you've ever listened to the show and enjoyed it or thought we were full of crap, let us know. It, it, it helps us, you know, know that someone's out there. And that's all for this short episode. We'll be back very soon. We should have a full cast of characters with us pretty soon and uh we're talking more comics and probably some some more of the comic book tv shows that are on the air right now because there are a ton of them they're everywhere so that's it this has been comic book pit episode 243 and i'm dan we'll see you next time